The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This is your United States of America. It is Saturday, October 9th, 2021, and you're tuned into the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the HTM Podcast Network Online, HittingTheMarks.com, and of course presented by Hami Media at ChannelAttitude.com. On this week's show, we're saying goodbye, saying hello, talking the latest in professional wrestling. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. Find the entire HTM Podcast Network Online, HittingTheMarks.com, soon to be rebranded at atmarkmedia.com. My name is Jargo. I will be your host for the day. Let's welcome in the tag team partner, number one. He is the man, the myth, the legend, returning for the last time. He's the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. Finally, and for one last time, it's me, it's me. It's that order to be to be Richard Bradson victory. One last time, back again to Hitting North Pro Wrestling Podcast. Gentlemen, uh, thanks for having me on for, uh, I guess, not very, uh, I don't say a, a, a somber situation here, but a, a new beginning, if you will, and um, I'm ecstatic to be a part of the announcement. You say goodbye, and I say hello to the GAG from the PWC. He's my man, Jimmy T. Welcome back to your show. What's crackalacking, boys? And as you can hear, I sound a bit under the weather. Whether it's COVID, who knows? But you got knowing, the ick! Uh, I've got the ick, man. And it, knowing, knowing, knowing this country, man, I'll go to the doctors, get tested, and they'll say I've got COVID. And then they'll put you <laughs> well, on a ventilator, and then Rick will be back doing the show full time. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, Jimmy T, let me ask you. I mean, you got the ick, but did you did you get the stick? Did you did you get the shot? <laughs> Or, or are, you still, are you still free freelancing out there and, and it came and bit you in the ass? It's well, I hope it hasn't been in me in the ass, but if this is COVID, it's not that bad. It's I'm pleased to say, right? But but in saying that, man, no, I haven't gotten the jab yet, as we call it down here. <laughs> but uh I don't know, man. I, I mean, if you boys have, haven't you? Yeah, we, we, we both have been fully vaccinated, although uh, we went different routes, Rick. You went with the Pfizer, right? Yeah, I did Pfizer, and I'm I, and I got the uh, Johnson and Johnson. So uh, we're, we're we're gonna see, you know, which which ends up working out better, the traditional vaccine <laughs> style or the mRNA. Rick is looking for his first software upgrade here in a couple of months. <laughs> well, I want to know how did you boys feel after the jabs, man? Like, did Fine. you feel anything? Fine. Nope. Yeah. What about you, Rick? The the first one really got me. See, I, I deal with I have uh, issues with with my immune system. I have you know autoimmune disease inside of psoriasis and i have like a severe case with it too so they were really worried about how it would affect me i mean they still push in the long run you need to go with this thing but brother it, it felt i got it the first one on a monday morning would have been a tuesday morning about 8 30 by 11 o'clock like i couldn't even pick my head up really? uh, like i crawled into my bed I, I left my desk area crawled to my bed and i was there for about a good 
24 hours before I started feeling a little normal. Uh, second time around, I was terrified of what because of how that felt that first round and then what was going to happen. And uh, but no, it, it was just like any other shot that I had gotten the second time around. But yeah, th- that first one for me was the uh, the bite in the ass. But I heard it, you know, for many so many other people, it's that second round that got them. You know, wow. Rick and I, we spent the better part of a year kind of breaking down the media and how this entire COVID thing was being covered and whatnot. Uh, Huckleberry, quick update for you, uh, because this one's intriguing. Uh, number one, my mom has been diagnosed with COVID. My mom firmly anti-vax and living in the cesspool that is Illinois. So that strikes me as absolutely no surprise. But there's two other ones. There's two more positive diagnoses that have happened fairly close to me. My ex-wife, Sandy, has been diagnosed with COVID. And now Sydney Irene has been diagnosed with COVID. Here's the one that's the kick in the balls, ladies and gentlemen. Both of them fully vaccinated. Wow. Well, you know, it, it, this is another thing. You know, people go round and round. It's each side it wants to, you know, it, it, this, I'm not going after anyone here. It's, well, I'm going after everyone, I, I, I guess, is they're pushing their agenda so damn hard. You know, if you're, if you're pro-vax, you know, it's, you've got to do it to save all these lives. You know, without it, everyone, the humanity is going to die. Well, if you're anti, it's like, well, even if you have it, it you know, is, is it really going to work? Does it really protect you? Well, in somewhere in the middle there, they have never told us, you know, Jugger, you said we've been covering this thing for over a damn year. Do your research. At no point were they saying you were going to be 100% covered. I mean, this thing is like a condom. It just reduces your chances of catching whatever it might be out there. So and I think they're operating now under the, under the impression that it, it maybe it improves your chances of avoiding catching the COVID by like 75%. So there still is that, that rare window. This is the thing that fucking kills me though. All right. Sydney is fully vaccinated. She has no symptoms. She feels completely fine going about her life, you know, and now she's stuck in quarantine. So she has no symptoms and she's fully vaccinated against this disease. Yet somehow she's, she's positive. She, she's she's now an existing case that counts in their their little metric statistic. Even though she has no symptoms, she now has antibodies and she's vaccinated. Makes you absolutely see, no out. sense. She's totally fine. And she's totally fine. She's what about totally the other fine. family member? Um, well, my mom is dealing with issues, but again, um, she is completely against the vaccine, but she is also against like a multitude of vaccines. Um, she is what you would call an anti-vax. So is my sister. I am not, I am not anti-vax as much as I talked about this COVID vaccine. I still support the vaccine. I'm still vaccinated. And when I say the vaccine, I mean the vaccine, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, not this MRNA bullshit that they cooked up in a lab somewhere that has never worked. Hey, Huckleberry, did you see the mink are back? Yeah, we're getting back to the mink story. How about that? The zombie mink return episode three of the zombie mink, man. You just can't keep them down. I mean, they more comebacks than the Undertaker. The zombie minks. The they, zombie they, mink. <laughs> fucking insane, man. Just absolutely insane. Um, I guess let, let's kind of let the, the cat out of the bag. And the reason that Rick is here, the reason that Jimmy is here, and the reason that I am here, um, and, and we kind of 
mentioned it there at the beginning. This will be the last episode of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, Rick has decided that he's going to take a, a bit of a leave of absence from the platform, although he and uh, Dr. Beast are working on something that very well could be coming to your ear holes soon. Um, but he's got uh, everything going on with the PWA, and he's a really, really busy freaking guy, right? And for me, it's great bringing Jimmy T in. I'm so happy to have the PWC a part of the HTM Podcast Network. But it doesn't feel like hitting the marks anymore, especially now that turnbuckle talk has went away. Rick hasn't really been doing anything on the platform. It feels like something fresh. It feels like something new. So we are going to rename the HTM Podcast Network. It's going to be at Mark Media. I will be your editor-in-chief. And then, of course, you know, the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, that also needs to go away. But it's basically going to be a new show that is called The Blow-Off. That's the name that Jimmy and I have kind of settled on, The Blow-Off Wrestling Podcast. It's going to be six topics in 60 minutes, 10 minutes a topic. I'm going to try to keep it strictly to an hour. So we'll get in, we'll get out, and it should be an awful lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. Uh, so now you can go to theblowoffpod.com. You can go to atmarkmedia.com. You can go to michaeljargo.com. You can go to hittingthemarks.com. Within the next week or so, it's all going to take you to atmarkmedia.com, which is going to be built off of the HTM Podcast Network. None of the shows are going anywhere. If you want to go back in the archives and listen to our good friend you know, Joe Atherton, you want to listen to an old episode, you can do that. You want to go back and listen to Running with the Bulls, the, the whole series that Rick and I did, you can do that. Destino's still going to be there. The PWC shows are still going to be there. The Garden of Doom is going to be there the the hammerlock hangover is gonna be there we got all kinds of cool stuff coming up over at, at mark media but we also want to kind of branch out from just the pro wrestling stuff so if you are a podcaster and you are looking for a platform to give yourself a voice Go ahead, give me a shout. Hit me up at, you know, michaeljargo at gmail.com, not jargo at gmail.com, hitting the marks at gmail.com. Get at me on Twitter at notjargo. We will see what we can do, what we can make things happen. Um, but both of you guys, it's kind of like hello and goodbye and, and you, you, matane and everything all at the same time. So, Rick, I, I don't know how much you want to lift the curtain on everything you got going on. But if you got anything you want to throw out, I guess now would be the time. The floor is yours, sir. Well, yeah, I guess I will use the platform to share a little bit of excitement. As you'd mentioned with the uh, Professional Wrestling Alliance, the responsibilities I've taken on there is now of entering the world. and went from podcaster to promoter. And really, and, and all that involved, you know, what's involved inside of that is so demanding uh, of what little free time that I do have outside of, you know, just my, my shoot job and that. Uh, but inside of that as well, there become certain expectations of how you need to carry yourself. Uh, once you kind of cross that threshold, I, you know, I don't consider myself one of the boys inside of that locker room, but now I am on the other side of that fence working inside of independent wrestling. And there's a, a lot of things that sometimes are said across these shows or platforms that don't sit well with everybody. And, and I am not one to really shy away from sharing my opinion as strong as that might be said sometimes. So I, I guess it's better to say nothing <laughs> than, uh, than piss 
a, a portion of you know those inside of the pro wrestling community off uh, certainly not a ben hamin or one of those types so and, and I'm, I'm just getting my foot in i'm just beginning to grow and then just outside of what i have with the professional wrestling alliance and what we're getting started there i don't want to go too deep into it uh but i am regularly bugging pestering papering uh, some names on some major promotions that hopefully I'll be able to take those expertise that I do use in my everyday job working in social media, live events, uh, you know, my true passions and of anyone that's listened to the show over the years here that I, I love talking about, uh, if I can put those to work for promotions on a much bigger level than you know, than, than where I'm currently at with the with the Professional Wrestling Alliance. So don't get too excited. Rick and I don't hate each other. There's not some big feud going on behind the scenes. Nobody's squeezing the other guy out. Jimmy T didn't come over across the ocean, hit Rick over the back with a chair, put him through the barbershop window. Ain't none of that shit going on. Jimmy T, I guess, uh, welcome to the blow-off, my friend. I'm, I'm looking excited. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it i'm excited about it um and then of course we're doing the rampage show over at hmg now uh assuming that you survive the ick uh we're we're, we're gonna be in each other's ear holes an awful lot here going forward absolutely and i just want to say rick congratulations man for you know your future endeavors man i'm sure it's exciting and i totally understand where you're coming from when it comes to sharing your opinions and whatnot you know what i mean it puts you in a difficult sort of spot but in saying that, it's an honor to be on the show with both of you, man. I mean, you know, I almost feel like I should just leave the floor for, for the both of you because, I mean, seriously, I mean, at the end of the day, you guys have done such great things here at Hitting the Marks. And I, I won't lie, it's kind of sad seeing the end of it, man. But Rick kind of said the same thing earlier today. And I'm like, dude, I was saying, I was saying it more in jest, joking. I was making my coming here, my final appearance to kill this thing. Uh, put this thing to bed. Arn Anderson. I'm gonna Arn Anderson this thing uh, by the end of by the end of my cut. Uh, whenever whenever I get dumped off of this record here, but and again though, you know, as as things evolve and we continue to go forward, and Jar, you're talking about all these different great concepts for shows, everything that's going to be able to, to be found here. Uh, with that, I am working with the man beast, Doctor Ted McNaylor. We've got something in a in development. Uh, a loose working title right now would be Beast Bronson Bourbons and Bruises. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of we're going to talk about a lot of positives and not maybe like current headlines and happenings inside of pro wrestling. But we're going to bring in some awesome guests. We're going to tell some great stories from the road. We're going to have some bourbon sampling. You know, we're going to be talking food, all those sorts of things. And, and and hopefully from the wrestling perspective, it'll be a great learning tool, a great learning umbrella for those that are listening while they're having a good time. Jargo and I have also talked about once we do go to the full video format, then I can bring uh, RBV Eats out and all the delicious eats that I head up to uh, to the platform. Love that. Love that. So much fun. Uh, guys, before we let Rick go, um, of course, I don't watch a whole lot of WWE TV. Um, but of course, Jimmy T covers it over at the PWC and at the HTM Podcast Network and at, at Mark Media. Um, and Rick covers it a lot over for the Hameen Media Group. Uh, but I have been dabbling a bit, thanks to uh, my appearances over at NoDQ.com. Um, and guys, this week we had the WWE draft. And I, Rick, I really wanted to talk to you about this because I think I might be crazy. 
I was looking at the draft results, and SmackDown is the number one show in all of professional wrestling all over the world, right? They're getting roughly two and a half million viewers. It's the Roman Reigns show. It's the best thing going in all of professional wrestling. So when I'm like, okay, it's draft time. The highest paid for from a network. Right, right. It's draft time. So what we're going to do for the draft, we're going to just line up all these babyface opponents, and Roman Reigns is just going to boom. Knock them down. Just put them down. And then I look at this draft. They got Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns happening at Blood Money. After that, you got Drew McIntyre is kind of waiting in the wings. Then what? You're down to Cesaro. You're down to Nakamura. You're down to Kofi. Like... They did Roman Reigns zero favors. I don't understand how SmackDown is going to... If it, This is the pattern for SmackDown. This whole like head-of-the-table storyline, the show revolves around Roman. How are you going to keep this interesting until WrestleMania without any opponents for Roman Reigns? R-O-C-K. Yeah, but that's not until WrestleMania, that, that's, dude. That's, that's what you're looking at. Well, you, you can look where we're at here. You could go back and revisit if you need to because of just that awkward finish there with Finn Balor. And even he, but he got sent to Raw. Yeah, I guess right. He is gone. So he's gone on this thing. Uh, you do have that buy-in at Survivor Series where it could be champ versus champ. So that's more time you can kill. And then you they go into kind of that creative law. I mean, that even sounds insane to say that they would even just somehow dip lower than what they regularly are. But you got to think about that holiday season where they really do pull back during December. And and you get a lot of just the repetition. And you still got to remember here. And yes, I, I thought the draft was a major flop. They, they didn't have any, I don't think they internally had any idea how they were going to present it, present this thing. They didn't convoy really what those rules were. I mean, to me, how hard is it? One of the most exciting things in all of sports is the NFL draft. We've talked about this over the years. Why don't you just exactly mirror that? And I'm not talking about the war wounds we saw when the first year with the Fox deal, where you had their their net, you know, the the network executives and that stupid dancing robot. Why didn't we have actual legends? His name is Cletus. Have legends sitting in war rooms and looking at what's happening there. Let us know who's leading, who's leading each war room, and who's assembled this team. I mean, I mean, how cool it would have been if you seen the the raw war room led by like Bret Hart. And over the SmackDown War Room is just being led by Shawn Michaels. Or, I mean, in an insane world, and, you know, one of those teams, Jim Cornette's on one team and Russo's on the other. You know, just those visions, what that would do for the fans and the excitement you would have inside of that. But, like, even now in, in this, you know, one of the biggest ones was Sonya Deville, and they're telling this just asinine story. Even in a sense of kayfabe, on the night one of the run, and this stupid pool thing that they didn't explain who was eligible and all But in what world is Naomi taking number four in anything right now? And it's not an attack on guitar. I mean, she's an incredible athlete. I think she's got great charisma, but in a booking wise, in a booking sense, in a kayfabe sense. And then Sonya Deville just blatantly says, why do you have anything to do with that? Really? You're in charge. You're not just in charge of SmackDown. You're in charge of Raw. So who, and the whole thing inside of itself, you, you do look at that long-term game planning, you know, where are, where are they going to go? Who is it going to be? But I think there's one thing that's important for us to remember, though. Everyone gets so locked in with, well, they're they're a red brand, they're a blue brand. No, they're still all WWE. They can easily move anyone at any time. You literally have Pat McAfee at your disposal. Just make it the Pat McAfee show. 
Like, just put Pat McAfee in charge of SmackDown. Let him decide who is going to... I mean, you want to talk about somebody that could give you that sports-like feel? You have all these panelists do a studio show for the draft. Put it on the cock. There's all kinds of different options here. And instead, Jimmy T, they, they just... There's nothing for Roman Reigns. And even when I look at this women's division... Like, Naomi might be the number one babyface. There's just a bunch of unlikable women over on SmackDown. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's the problem. I mean, SmackDown doesn't feel too different to me now, right? Raw seems better, like more beefed up. But is it time to actually bring the rosters together again? Do you, do you guys think, or leave it as it is? Well, I mean, I never would have split them up to begin with. I mean, you know, heaven forbid that we actually have a little bit of roster depth. But at this point, with you're you're dealing with NBC Universal on one program, you're dealing with Fox over on the other program. Both sides probably want their own roster. See what they did is they screwed it up when they had everything on NBC Universal. And if you would have just had one open roster at the time when they signed these TV deals, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. Well, you remember back in the day, it, what was it that you really saw this kind of dissolve inside of the NFL and their negotiations? Because, you know, remember back in the day, it was, you know, before Fox got into play, we were way, way back. It was you had CBS had the AFC games and NBC had the, the NFC games. Yep. And even when Fox came into play, you saw where they were really committed to each other outside of NBC with you know what was the big hype before that Monday Night Football to now Sunday Night Football, that was where you kind of saw the, those different interactions there. I don't think that would be such an issue, but I, I do like how you point out there, Jargo, if it was never presented to them like that, they never would have thought anything different of it. Yep. And even at any point when they did have the splits, and there was times where it, you know there were there was a little bit more depth, you had a lot more star power, but it was never overwhelming to the point where it was an absolute must that you needed to split these these rosters up to give people equal playing time, you know, or or spotlight feel. You should be you should be looking at it, and that's one of the biggest issues with this company is you're not giving the biggest bang for the buck with the stars that you have. Outside of the fact that they don't even want to create any more stars, it's brand overall. Unless your name's McMahon, you're you're not getting over those call letters WWE. By comparison, you have what AEW is doing. And I, I hear this narrative constantly that all they're doing is signing all this old WWE talent. And I'm looking at guys like Darby Allen in a feature position. And I'm looking at guys like MJF in a feature position. And I mean, I feel like the WWE stars that they have, they're utilizing very, very well, but I don't feel like any of them are over pushed at this point. Jimmy, do you feel like anybody in AEW is being over pushed? Well, except maybe Christian. Yeah, Christian, you, you can make an argument for maybe Jungle Boy to a lesser extent. Yeah, but he's not a former WWE guy. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, for, no, former WWE talent. Oh well, former yeah, definitely Christian. I mean, and and I guess uh, why is Christian being overpushed? Well, well I, I don't feel like Christian versus Kenny Omega is a main event of a pay per view. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, you've got a point, Jago. Let's be honest. I mean, Rick. Christian, as good as he is, he's a great hand, no doubt about it, right? But is he really main event material when you think about it? In 2021, I, I, I just, I don't. I, I'm, I'm, I've always been higher on Christian than I think a lot of people are. But I, I just, I, in 2021, with what, what do you have, like seven years off? 
in between. Yeah. I just, I don't feel like Christian is a main event talent in 2021. You look at the, the, the recognize how recognized was, especially to that laps fan. They're still going to gravitate towards Christian. You put, you keep them in just for a short window in those high profile positions there. Uh, so yeah, I agree with how they used him there. It worked into their strategy with their with their partnership with Impact Wrestling. It tied into that history that he had there. It did something nice for somebody that has been able to make a comeback inside of professional wrestling when we thought that injuries had taken that from him so early on, where he'd lost these seven years here. And I know we, you and I, greatly disagree on this one. I chalk up that being a good match with Omega to Christian and not to to Kenny. Yeah, I, I know you, you've made that case. And you, I feel like it, in at this point in Kenny Omega's career, Jimmy T, we'll, we'll, we'll go to you on this one. When I look at all of the great matches that Kenny Omega has had, whether it was that match with Christian, whether it was the match that they had with Danielson that went 30, if you want to go back to the Okada matches, the Tanahashi matches, Kenny Omega is only as good as the opponent that he is in the ring with. I, I mean, I feel like that's like at this point, I feel like that's pretty safe to say like Kenny's really good. Don't get me wrong, yeah, so, so but it takes, it too, takes a great dance partner to make Kenny great. Going into a spot like that, where it's just not a rampage match or it's a dynamite match. It's a, it's a pay-per-view you are moving. Cause it's still with AWEW. They're looking at those buy rates and they did a hell of a job on that show. Yeah, I think it was an incredible turnaround that they had. So to be in that spotlight, in that moment for someone like Kenny Omega to have to be able to go out there and have that dance and learn from someone like Christian, it, there is tremendous value behind that. I mean, learning, do, do you think someone like Kenny Omega would be learning off someone like Christian? Do you think his ego would be not big enough to think that way. I mean, saying that Kenny is 37, he's not young. You know what I mean? He's been around the business now for quite a few years. And, but I just want to say, Jago, when you say about he's only as good as his opponent is, I kind of disagree. I actually think Kenny, when in the mood, can put on a match against anybody, dude. I mean, literally he did with a broomstick and, and a, and a four-year-old, <laughs> whatever age she was. She was you know? nine. Jeez. Nine, whatever, nine. <laughs> I look and I'll, and I'll admit that was kind of weird, right? And even that was it. I mean, because I, like, I mean, it's typical Japanese. Because yeah, don't when, get me wrong. When I look at the world of stardom right now, right? Like a perfect example is AZM Azumi, right? Azumi is now nineteen. At the age of nineteen, she is a seven-year vet. Wow. I mean, you, wow. you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, it's crazy. I, they start over there really, really young, you know, because, you know, that culture, if you show interest in X, they steer you in that direction instead of trying to teach you the rest of the goddamn alphabet. And look at <laughs> how freaking true. good she is. I mean, like, I feel like the WWE should be like throwing money at Azumi at this point for, for a 19 year old talent like that. You bet. Absolutely. Oh, well, and, and speaking of Azumi, okay, here's another one that pisses me off since we're going back to the old school Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's another one that really grinds my gears. Why in the fuck is Io Shirai still in NXT? You had a draft. You brought up Aaliyah and you left Io freaking Shirai. 
in NXT. Can you just grant her a release so she can go back to Japan already? For the love of freaking God, either do something with her or let her go. Rick, why is EO in, in NXT? I wonder if that, you know, that's a whole lot of disconnect if they're not really sure what to do with her because you saw the misfire with Asuka. Uh, but Shirai, you're right, and that's one of those head scratchers. You, you look at at what they're trying to utilize on the red and the blue where there's only maybe a handful of actually worthwhile, talented, sellable, marketable, believable women, you immediately could insert her into an incredible spot, just not from a performer, but from a marketing standpoint there. And they're completely missing out on that. Jimmy, I feel the same way about Taya Valkyrie. Taya Valkyrie (laughs) has been in the business for freaking years. If you're going to do something with her, do it. I mean, those girls, they don't fit this new image of NXT. Hell, even Raquel Gonzalez is still down there. She's not getting any better. You call up Aaliyah? Really? well, and I think Aaliyah sucks, just quietly. Sorry, we continue on. Yeah, she she does, and that's what they're going to try to work her in because they, they looked at something on her, uh, someone chubbed up for her, and they thought that they're going to move some kind of damn ratings. And, and that's, that's a serious problem that they have across that red and the blue. Can, can, can they run but, twin magic with Aaliyah and Carmella? Because I think uh, they look so no, similar. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, you mentioned there too, and kind of tie into what the Christian conversation and what he really brings to help Kenny Omega in a spot like that is, is, is even though Kenny's 37, he's been wrestling around the world. He hasn't wrestled at a level of sports entertainment right. that he is now with AEW. And I say that not in the sense of not in the sense of a move set or competition. It's about presentation where you're telling their stories, where you're setting yourself up inside of that ring. How, how do your emotion unfold as you're telling the story throughout that match? That's what Christian lends to him. You go to somebody like Frankie, like Valkyrie from NXT, she's ready to do all that for WWE. She doesn't need to be spending time in development, honing that craft. She go there, pick up, you know, just in a couple months, she should be able to pick up. Boom. This is how they were doing things. I mean, she's already coming in, you know, miles ahead because of everything that she's been able to do on in front of national television. Things I'm sure that she's conversations that she's had with her husband, other people inside the business as she's preparing for this opportunity. She looks like a million bucks. She moves like a million bucks. She's got tremendous charisma. She's someone immediately that could be making a splash and turning heads for the red and blue. But yet we're wasting her away here on whatever they're trying to figure out this you know, Saturday morning wrestling challenge NXT 2.0. Well, I mean, we felt that way about Tony Storm for literally years while she was slaving away at NXT UK. They finally bring her over to NXT US. Then they finally call her up. Now they can't get her out of freaking catering. Like, what the damn hell? Like, Tony well, Storm is one of the, the, the top, like, I don't know, 10 women in the freaking world right now. And she can't even get on freaking television. Like, what Absolutely, the hell? man. And, Absolutely. And, I'm, and I'm sorry. And, and we got a feud going on, you know, about looks between Liv Morgan and Carmella. Get, you know, get the hell out of here with this. Give me some you know. Tony Storm <laughs> over both of them chicks any day of the week. Jimmy T, I, I, I know you guys got to have an affection for Tony Storm down there, down under. Absolutely, man. She's one of our own. And, and let's be honest, man. I'm not saying this to be biased or anything like that, but she is in the top 10 best female wrestlers in the whole world she's got heat with me but you know she is pretty good <laughs> who, who marries juice robinson yeah. she said yes to juice robinson he's one lucky prick dude like tony you right could now. do come on <laughs> tony i mean 
Dude, you, you mentioned just before how she's in catering all the time. Maybe that's where her ass has put on that extra few pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm not complaining, catering, bro. I'm not complaining. <laughs> Neither am I. That ass has got to be on television. I mean, that's that's right. your ass. That's your that's your greatest export is that ass. <laughs> that's not wrong. One hundred percent. I agree. It's not wrong. Guys, let's let's talk a little bit of AEW. I think it's hilarious that somehow we went we were talking about the the WWE draft and we ended up talking about Kenny Omega for ten minutes. That's that's pretty funny. Um, so let's talk about Kenny Omega. More importantly, let's talk about who's going to challenge Kenny Omega. Uh, Rick, we, we got into this a little bit on Rampage last night. I'm curious to your thoughts. Hangman Page comes back. Hangman Page wins this battle royal for a shot at Kenny Omega. And now we're going to have an eliminator tournament to determine who's going to face Kenny Omega at full gear. Like I, I thought that was going to be Hangman Page. When in the hell is this match going to happen? Who's going to even be the champion going into full gear? What are we doing? Well, a, a ladder match royale is what we had there for that thing. And, and I, I loved face- that match. I, I really I, enjoyed that. I, I like to I like the setup of that match and inside itself. I, I love the, the way it was presented and all that. It was a fairly solid match in that. Uh, I did want to touch base on something you, you gentlemen were talking about on the Rampage show. And you, you were talking about that Philadelphia crowd and how it was AEW really to, I don't want to say manipulate, but control one of the most outrageous in all of sports, you know, you know, it was crazy. They threw batteries at Santa Claus. Yes. Well, I know you gentlemen haven't had an opportunity to go to an AEW live event. I just, I've been the one within the last month here. And one of the things I I absolutely do want to put Mr. Khan and his crew over for is I really respect their marketing efforts and when, how they present themselves at a live event, the energy and going in, you know, a lot of with AEW, I realize it's not for me. So instead of, you know, anymore just overly critiquing it, I just I look at what I do enjoy there and move on from those things. But inside of uh, those live events, they do an incredible job of making you feel as if you are, as a wrestling fan, that you are not only wanted, but you are truly appreciated. And, and they customize those things to each city. That's my understanding what they're doing here is, so when we went here in Cincinnati, Ohio, you really believed that they believed it was the greatest honor in the world to come to Cincinnati, Ohio and perform there. And they're doing that in every town they go to. Except for MJF. <laughs> but, but that's so masterful in it because even in the way he's presenting it, it I mean, anyone can go out there and, and just do general attacks and grab that general heat. He's coming at the things that make your city make you so great that you believe in that you would fight for. I, mean, I was looking around and if the hell I was ready to throw it out, you saw you talking about my chili. You know, before you joined us here, Jimmy T, I, me and Jagger waiting. I was sitting there chomping on something. I had some, I had some, I had some Skyline cheese coatings, <laughs> gold stars coatings, actually. And that's <laughs> something very personal. That's something very personal to us. And then you start talking about, you know, the, the jungle and the bangles and you especially you know especially for wrestling fans here that was ours the pillman family brian Pill, you know senior it was a very personal and it, there was so many things that they did throughout the show that you just don't see that and they're doing this everywhere so you really want to be a part of it they make you they they appreciate you they're honored to be in your city we're opposed to i'd went to the dynamite show then two weeks later i went to raw had a tremendous <laughs> time at Raw. WWE production is unmatched, but there isn't that same feeling. It's it's kind of like 
we're WWE. We're coming to your town. You should fill the arena for us. <laughs> Where AEW is really so they show appreciation and are grateful that they're there with you. That being said, it is getting close to the time where they're going to be going to Hangman's neck of the woods. They're going to somewhere there in Virginia here in the next couple of weeks. Jimmy T, is that where they're going to do Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship? Is that just going to be like a dynamite main event? Man, I don't think they'll go there yet. I mean, how far away is this event? Like a couple of weeks, I think. Well, we're still confused if he's even the number one contender. Like, I mean, there's a tournament coming up, right? Yeah, you have to eliminate tournament. So he is granted an opportunity. So, it, But that's another thing with AEW. They love their tournaments. So I guess maybe they were looking around. And they're like, well, WWE's running two tournaments now. they got a women's and a men's. We've only got a women's tournament for our TBS championship. Let's, we got to get something in the works. Let's do an eliminator tournament for a shot at, at Omega. Who who else used to do this? Ring of Honor was notoriously bad at this before the shutdowns, where they would just randomly have battle royals and tournaments <laughs> for all these number one contenderships instead instead of developing these stories. Okay, uh, so so now I know it is the week after Full Gear. That's when they're going to be in Hangman's hometown. The week after Full Gear. Okay, but then if that's the case, then what's the point of whatever main event we got at full gear, right? That might become so predictable about Kenny winning that match and then he loses against Hangman. Or does Hangman win it at full gear and then he goes home that following Wednesday for the celebration? That, That makes more sense. You think they'll go down that route for sure. Well, I did. You know, Khan, man, I could see him shutting down streets downtown and throwing a parade for Hangman if he could have him riding around on a horse doing cowboy yeah. shit with the AEW Ugh. World Cowboy shit. shit right through the middle of town. <laughs> okay, well, now I'm, I'm convinced, Jimmy T. We laid out this scenario last night on Rampage Uncaged over at channelattitude.com, the Hameen Media Group affiliate channel at uh, hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. We laid out this scenario where it ends up a triple threat, Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega at full gear with Hangman Page winning the championship by pinning Brian Danielson or the other you know, possibility is Brian wins the championship and gets booed out of Virginia and kickstart the heel turn. We did kind of talk about that last night too. What, what do you think? Is it... I almost feel convinced now we're getting a triple threat at full gear. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Jago. I think it will be a triple threat as well. And yeah, Brian Danielson will probably eat the pin. But or or, or that- does Hangman have the championship won? And Danielson shows up out of nowhere with a knee to the head and pins Kenny. <laughs> Takes it away from Hangman Page, and then he goes into freaking Hangman's hometown to brag about it. Just, just duplicate the finish from WrestleMania 30. Yeah, basically. Yeah, absolutely. This wasn't that Orton. Orton hits the yep. RKO, and then Brian comes running in and hits him with that kick and then gets the, uh, the scores of the win on Batista. Yeah, have Danielson <laughs> just come walking out with the championship and say, hey, I know y'all wanted, you know, Hangman to win that match, but, you know, I can do some cowboy shit too. He gets booed out of freaking Virginia, and you're off and running for the Legion of Dragons. <laughs> as good as that sounds, Jago, right? And I'm all for it. There's one problem. I think they've been burning this candle with Hangman Page and winning the championship a little too long by now, Can't man. Can't kill the town, can you? 
no, you can't, dude. You got to go for it and pull that trigger right now. Otherwise, they're going to miss the boat. And I hate to say this, and I doubt it will happen, but just imagine we get a Dolph Ziggler situation with Hangman Page. You don't want that. I guess elaborate. A Dolph Ziggler situation. Well, the fans were all really into Dolph Ziggler at one stage, right? Remember when he cashed in his money in the bank against uh, Alberto de Rio? Everyone was going off. Everyone was losing the shit. But after a while, from losing all the time in world championship matches, the fans just got over him, man, and just they're, they're, like, they're indifferent to him. And yeah. that's what I'm worried about with Hangman because he's really over, man. At this and point, beating Dolph Ziggler time. means nothing because everybody exactly. has beat Dolph Ziggler. That, and, and that's my point. You know, I, I've kind of removed myself. Right? I try to stay away from these fantasy booking situations anymore. But, it, you know, listen to you gentlemen talk about this thing possibilities now we're introducing this eliminator tournament for an op for a number one contender or you know a shot at the heavyweight championship but brian could run through that thing he is granted the match at full gear but he he steps aside and says you know i'll save mine this is your moment hangman uh so you, you have this honorable move here by daniel bryan or brian danielson and Hangman goes out. You even have where Brian actually gets involved somewhat in the match as he's helping fight off the elite so he can keep this thing as clean as it possibly can be between Omega and Hangman. You go into Hangman's hometown. He is the champ. You got this parade that we talked about. You're going to have this glorious celebration. And it is there that, that Brian takes out the knee of Hangman Page and makes it his intentions. He still is that number one contender, and now he is going to take that from from Hangman. So then we have another program, and we've turned Brian. I feel like it's really weird that by the time Dynamite airs this week, we're going to be a month away from full gear, and we have no idea what any of the creative programs are going into it. Well, we've had some with some undertones there. I mean, I, I guess what's kind of confusing is we don't know outside of Kenny. Kenny Omega, we don't really know the direction for the rest of the elite. Yeah, and we we also don't know what's going on with the Lucha Bros. We don't really know what's going on with Sammy Guevara. I mean, you know, they've they've got some things going on there with with Andrade. Triangulo de la Marta. It's there's a lot of people just kind of floating that you're excited about, but what's the exact direction? Where are the programs? I, I think you're going to see the loser. I think you're going to see Andrade with a surprise partner going for the challenge there. Uh, overall, I mean, what do we even got with with Black or Malachi? Yeah, Malachi, what's, what's he That's doing? True. He kicked uh, what did he do? Daniel Martin's freaking head off. Hey, Dante why? Martin. That's his name. <laughs> but why? What happened with the Cody situation? That's all. F- Forgot it now, pretty much. Well, Arn's going to pull out a Glock and shoot him. So he decided <laughs> that he's not going after Cody anymore because he doesn't want to get shot by Arn Anderson. You know, <laughs> maybe. But, and you're right. You know, in, with Sammy and his buddy, what's happening here? I mean, that whole thing has been a little bit of, of a joke. I mean, maybe do we get a rematch with, with Miro there? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I feel like Miro is just when Miro comes back, he is getting elevated to a main event level for whoever the next babyface champion is. Like they're starting to line up the heel challengers for whoever the babyface is that takes down Kenny, as opposed to what they did to Roman Reigns at the WWE draft. I mean, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. But one guy that we haven't talked about yet, and 
Jimmy T, you brought him up. I would almost think that I wrote the show and I was like, you have to bring up this guy's name just so I can segue to it. Let's talk about Alberto Del Rio, <laughs> supposedly on his way back to the WWE. Jimmy T, you're already shaking your head. You're like, fuck Alberto. Yeah, fuck Alberto, but that's hogwash, man. I think he's just talking shit. There's no way WWE would rehire him, man. I just don't see it. That's There's just bullshit no, to me. What they, Hulk Hogan is still the biggest draw in professional wrestling as far as Vince McMahon is concerned. Why wouldn't he work with Alberto Del Rio? Yeah, he's not Mexico's biggest star. I'm going to say it now, man. There's no way. Look, he's great and all, but with all the discrepancies that he's had in the past, I mean, come on. There's no way WWE would be would be rehiring. And this rumor has been flying around for years now. Yeah, but he just said it the other day. That's the right, big right. story. He always does. Yeah, but he sometimes always a worker's going to work. And sometimes if you That's repeatedly true. say something over and over, you, you can kind of get yourself. You, That's you, the Miz. Great. Yeah. Uh, you, you shoot your way into that work. So it at work mean, I mean, you get a job. So you're, you're back with the company. I don't, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in this thing. You already make the comparisons to it. We know that the Huckamaniac that you are and, and why you were not in so much a favor of any involvement with him, but there's still, even you have to admit that there's still tremendous value in a company working with Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. You still have that name recognition. There is zero. There is zero of that when it comes to somebody like Del Rio. All I'm saying is, let's not pretend like you know. Oh, you're a piece of shit. I'm not going to work with you. Those are words that have never come out of Vince McMahon's mouth. Like Vince McMahon right, doesn't right. care if he thinks you're a piece of shit as long as he can make money. That's well, all it's let's about. Not forget too. This is a company that had detailed, in-depth conversations about bringing in O.J. Simpson. Right. And, you know, in their minds, you know, yes, it was, well, we're, we're going to have, you know, if, if I believe like that the front runner was to have Piper go out there and just shoot on him, beat the shit out of him. Oh, they got about how great that'll be. People will respect us. Pat. No, you're worried about that multi-millions of people are going to pay to see what the hell, oh, hell spectacle yeah. is going to happen because right. there's value there. Where anywhere across this board is there value in someone like Del Rio rejoining this company? I saw there's another headline. He's suing the that fight league that he was with didn't he own that fight league I, i'm not exactly sure <laughs> and i will be 100 percent honest with you i saw this in passing today i was listening guys with the uh rampage uncaged i was going through some headlines it's usually if i see anything from him I, I just tend to just scroll right on by and i and i caught the headline so i wasn't completely familiar so i'm guessing this is a case of he's out there he's getting a little bit of that shine He's trying to drum up some some interest in whatever the hell he's got going on. So he's saying whatever he's going to say at this point to try to get that next hook uh, to you know pick up that next interview to pick up pick up that next media outlet. Another one that everybody is talking about and everybody is so excited to have her back. AJ Mendez, AJ Lee heading back to the world of professional wrestling. And now it is my obligation to shit in your Cheerios, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, she's not coming back to wrestling. She is now the executive producer yeah. for so, WoW. I mean, yeah, she's still involved, and you still want to make sure that she's out front, that she's an ambassador. A That's not head. what these marks are thinking, Rick. You and I both know. These guys are thinking that you're going to have Tessa Blanchard versus AJ Lee in her freaking high-top converse and her stripy socks, skipping to the freaking ring, kissing all the boys in the front. Not happening. AJ's got better shit to do than worry about your feelings, you know, like be a best-selling New York Times author, go give mental health conferences 
at EA Sports. She, she has some serious health issues, right? Her neck is completely shot. Yeah. Yeah. She's, AJ's not coming back. If AJ was coming back, I don't think it would be for a while. Uh, but the uh, the one that is coming back for a while that everybody is just like, oh, my God, how do you do that? Tessa Blanchard getting back into the ring. Jimmy T, where are you at with Tessa Blanchard? Because at this point, I don't understand why Tessa Blanchard is still out of professional wrestling. I mean, we just talked about it. Vince McMahon works with pieces of shit all the time. He loves working with pieces of shit as long as there's money to be made. And Tessa Blanchard versus Charlotte Flair, there is money to be made. Well, there was at least three years ago, that's for sure. But in saying that, Tessa Blanchard is is too good of a performer to not be signed up. But I also understand her racial stuff that happened like a few years ago. It is what it is. She did this to herself. Unfortunately, it is what it is. But I do want to see her back. I think it's been long enough time now that she could make uh, an appearance again. But if she does, will the fans absolutely shit on her? Who cares? She's a heel. You're not right, bringing her but, in to be freaking Sammy Zayn. You're bringing no, her well, in clearly. to be an evil <laughs> bitch. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> let people boo her. Good. That's kind of the point. You want to see her get her ass kicked. Like, that's that's literally the freaking point. Well, Sammy, Sammy Zayn's not an evil bitch to you? <laughs> well, no. See, <laughs> Sammy Zayn just thinks that other people think that he's an evil bitch. And, you know, it kind of, it plays with his head. The fact that Sami Zayn is still a heel on freaking SmackDown with no babyface opponents for Roman Reigns. Just, the guy's like one of the best babyfaces of a freaking generation. Let Roman go out there and just beat him up for 25 minutes and let him sit in the corner and fucking cry about it. He's great <laughs> at that. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Oh. In saying that, isn't his contract sort of coming up soon? I hope so. I mean, I would love to see, you know, El Generico leave Tijuana and make an appearance at All Elite Wrestling. I would totally be down for that, just so Adam Cole can super kick his fucking head off. That, that's where that's where Tessa's been hiding, right? She's down in Tijuana. She's been south of the border, hiding out and kind of letting all this thing, all this boy over. Little known there's... fact, little known fact, Tessa Blanchard grew up one of the orphans at Generico's orphanage because Tully didn't want her anymore. Maybe that's, that's true. Her. Well, he was on the road, you know. He was. Yeah, you know, he was just was like magnum. this guy. It looks nice, right? Yeah. He's a luchador with a red TA. beard. Who doesn't trust a red bearded luchador? Yeah. Well, Magnum yeah. TA was the one that raised her, wasn't he? That's true, right? Now, so yeah. Back to Tessa here and the wild deal, and I think so many people were getting focused on these headlines. Uh, you know, Rachel slurs that she dropped here, and I'm not trying to justify anything. We're saying that she or she needs forgiveness for that, but I think when you really look at why Tessa hasn't been inside WWE and you are talking about that money. I think there's a short-term money in a, in a run, like a WrestleMania run with her and Charlotte, but let's look at this long-term stuff with her, how she fizzles out everywhere she goes. It is because of overall from all accounts, terrible character traits. She is very difficult to work with. She is very stubborn. Uh, you know, you look at when impact thought they were going to, you know, change the company, all of this hype from all of these writers, these pieces that wanted to believe this thing. Oh my God, a woman, a heavyweight champion is going to change professional wrestling forever. Uh, it barely put a dent in their numbers. And it no killed Brian out, Cage. No oh, one outside me. of the bubble of the bubble of the bubble that paid <laughs> attention to impact wrestling cared anything about this thing. All those people are friends with eight track Brown. Be nice. <laughs> uh, so then beyond that, 
As soon as she gets that belt, she doesn't start. She doesn't even show up to work. Uh, this deal going back to wow, what really pun intended here, wowed me <laughs> is Jarko, when you had a re- working relationship with them, we were talking to people from backstage that said she is nothing but a problem. So that is what surprised me that they were willing to take this chance to bring somebody like her back in. If, if you're wow, a name like Tessa Blanchard, as great as an in-ring performer as she is, isn't really going to shake your numbers because you are based around these homegrown personas and characters that you're creating. Yep. That's what the appeal is there. Here, you need to go get me some crazy athletic girls, very attractive, very unique and dynamic in their looks, and just market the hell out of them. Uh, and then also hope that you have some kind of half-assed, reasonable, respectable distribution outlet jimmy do you watch wow at all have you seen have you seen the show i've watched bits and pieces but um i haven't watched in a while i know it's not back yet and it's coming back soon and there hasn't been a date yet right they haven't revealed the date it's not until like fall of 23 i think they like it's 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 very well they like they got to do tapings and right i mean because the way wow works they film the whole season in like three days it's done very very much like lucha underground then it goes through all the post-production and whatnot and through the network i mean it's quite the production to get that whole thing set up wow well i mean that pun intended with the wow but uh yeah, look, man, I totally understand why Wow would hire someone like a Tessa Blanchard. I mean, really, when you look at the whole climax of female wrestling right now, out of the ones that are free agents, I mean, she's the one that looks, no pun intended, the tastiest, right? I mean, why not? Why not hire her? I mean, regardless of her history, bring her in because at least it will bring a few eyeballs. And especially by now, the fact that she hasn't been around for so long, I think will make people kind of interested. It won't move no needles, but people will be interested to see what she brings. I, when it comes when it comes to women's wrestling, now there is there is some great unique talents out there, and you know at least one that, that, that comes immediately to mind. And I don't know exact her details with the NWA, but I got to feel free that she would be allowed to go work somewhere else under a certain structure somewhere like Rao. I mean, I, I believe you could promote and build more around genocide than you could Tessa at this point. You know, the one that I would build, build around, and I don't understand how she's not on WWE TV, how she's not on AEW TV, how she's not in NXT, how she's not in Impact, how she's not in MLW, how she's not in Stardom. I'm just baffled by this, is the beast. Rick, we have been talking about this woman for literally years at this point. This is Jade Cargill, but she can work. And she's tattooed, and she's mean, and she doesn't cut promos. She just kind of snarls at you a little bit. I mean, she is the total package. She's got the size. She's got the build. She's got the look. Rick, how how are the companies just not throwing money at this woman? She's currently the WOW champion, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't know, look her up. She's fantastic. And what's disappointing, you know, at some point early on in the reintroduction, early on in season one, uh, hopefully they build towards it because I think it would it would be some intrigue there for a big blow off with her and Tessa, but she's going to be feeder to Tessa. She beat her. Beast, I, I, Beast beat I know, her and took the title. But, I know, but coming around, oh, that's, gotcha. your, that's your story as we're going to be moving forward. Uh, and that was, again, because of that relationship kind of fizzled. Yeah. Could it, could it be something in the past why the big companies haven't looked at it yet? I, I, I don't... It, 
I don't know what it is, man. I, I genuinely do not know because I think she's absolutely fantastic. I think she looks like a million bucks. I'd put her front and center on freaking SmackDown. Let's see what's today's Saturday. So I guess next Friday. I mean, like I, right. I, I, my opinion of her is that freaking high. Uh, you know what I wouldn't do though? I wouldn't put her in this uh, women's TBS tournament. Um, guys, I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a little bit of a problem here. Big Vito pointed this out to me. Have you looked at that TBS championship real close? It says, yeah, I've seen it. it says hose. The way the TBS logo is cut and the way that it looks inside of the design, H-O-S, that's what it looks like. And with this being a women's championship, this shit ain't going to fly. Uh-uh. We need to change this right freaking now. It is oh, the hose title right now. Uh-uh, <laughs> this ain't going to work. Uh, uh, the hose title there, the hose championship. There it is. Uh, you know what? I, you know what? I initially thought that stood for when we're talking AEW women's mid card. Uh, I thought it stood for uh, those bitches suck. <laughs> I, well, Jade Cardgill did say that it's going to be that bitch show. Uh, I, I like that. I like me some well, Jade Cardgill. I called it the bitch trend. I don't. I don't like the thought of of her holding any kind of championship right now, but. Well, I mean, it is the mid-card championship of the AEW women's division. And, I mean, like, I think their women's division is about, what, four deep right now? <laughs> yeah, well, something like that. Of, of worthwhile. You got Britt, you got Jade, you got Sheeta, you got Thunder Rosa. Well, you got Deeb. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, but, but, okay, I love Serena Deeb, but are they going to push her to a championship at this point? If they were smart, they would. Well, yeah, you know but what? they're not. We know that. Look at I'm the glad you. Well, I'm glad you guys brought up Serena Deep because do you feel it's a little slap to the face calling her the woman with a thousand holds, a la Dean Malenko? No, because I think if there was an issue with that, Dean Malenko would have brought it up backstage. It wouldn't surprise me if Dean Malenko was no, that's, the that's one where, that suggested that's where, it. That's where it came from. Right. No, no, I knew that. I knew that. But do you think it's a... Like, personally, let's be honest, right? As good as Dimalenko was in the ring, he was a technician, no doubt about it, but he was boring, man. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> Come on. Let's be real. And and that's one problem I'll say about Serena Deeb. As great as she is in, in the ring, one of the best, no doubt about it. I feel like they needed sort of add a bit of character development with her, man, because what exactly is she other than a technician in the ring? I'm just being honest. You know what I mean? I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, really. First, well, you wear a Red Wings hat. <laughs> then you speak ill of Stinko Malenko? <laughs> Jimmy, saying, I, I, I may have saying. to reevaluate our entire relationship after this conversation. And, and, and another uh, a little uh, key piece of advice for you here. You you are on a Hami Media Group affiliate. Right, right. Uh, and Deeb is our girl, dude. <laughs> no, I know that. And, and hey, I'm a big fan of his. She is one of the best friends of Ben Hamid <laughs> and, and Mad Beast, one of the, the lead daughters of Rip. Believe Jimmy me, Dean, I know man. that. Scott's Scott's fired over here. <laughs> no, it's not like that. I'm just being honest, though. When you compare it to a few other females, she's easily the best technician in the ring, bar none. But when it comes to character development, there's kind of nothing there. And that's not her fault. That's really the company's fault. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, well, it doesn't help that she's been out injured and she just came back like a week ago. What? And, and, you, right. know, you know, she was, she was putting up in a high profile match against Hikaru Shida and she actually won that match and then smashed a glass trophy over her head. So, I mean, I feel, exactly. I feel like that's a little bit of character development in her right. first week back up until now, up until now, but well, before that, if you've gone and looked at what she actually can bring, if you go look at things that she'd done at OVW, I mean, hell, her stuff with the Straight Edge Society, she was great inside of that. Oh, when, when she is allowed absolutely. to have those, when she is allowed to have those opportunities, there is a, you know a great deal of charisma personality there. But I I do think because that she is so far ahead, especially of that division. I, you know, we keep saying one of the best women workers. She's one of the best period workers. Uh, going on and she, she's had some of the matches that have absolutely stolen shows she's going to have a handful of things that should be suggested for match of the year and i think when you kind of have that that look on you you are you know you're that serious ring general that you're not going to rely on a lot of that but you have seen it a couple times where you know where she's taking those knees and she's slamming where she you see those right. frustrations where that competition you pushed her a little bit and now you're going to get it now we saw the ultimate breaking point i mean she wins the match and still it is, you know, the drastic, the dastardly move, smashing that over. She just had now uh, we were talking about stories and matches going forward. I think that is that's one that's really going to be interesting. Is that chase for 50? Does it come against Steve? When? When is this? Or maybe is it that she can't get over that hump right now that she keeps falling short of that 50 and she becomes obsessed that it has to come against Steve. So she starts turning down other matches or something. I'm obsessed with the fact that Jimmy T doesn't like Stinko Malenko. <laughs> I just, I was a hey, look. I didn't mind him, but when you break it down, oh yeah, back pedal like a motherfucker. I saying, see what's no, going no, 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 on no. here. Really, I didn't mind his matches back in the day, man. But really, he's the you know, ice man. I mean, he's the ice man. His lack the of personality was his personality. Yeah, but he had Here's a lack the joke. of joke. Here's on. the joke. <laughs> Over your head. Never in, in Malenko's career, except for when he went to WWE, did we get any sort of, you know, different type of Dean Malenko, except for that leader segments that he used to do. And even then, where did it go? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. Who, who do you have ranked? Jimmy T, who do you got ranked higher? Uh, Malenko when it comes to charisma, personality, Malenko or Lance Storm? Well, Lance Storm by a mile. Oh, get actually. the fuck yes. out of here. If I can be serious for a minute, that's, that's a, I'm telling you. No, really, I think Lance Storm's, he, he had a lot more charisma than people give him credit for, to be honest with you, man. The heat that he used to bring, I went to Nitro and Thunder tapings back in the day, back, I'm going to say it now, don't kill me, but back in 2000, when it was at its worst, Right, but him, man, in a, in a Melbourne crowd like in Australia, man, he was getting heat, like absolute heat. He was getting the wanker chance, which means jerk off. He was getting all sorts of heat, and he was even doing. You know how he does the cross side sort of, <laughs> like when the crowd turn on him, he will sort of look at the camera, the hard camera side, all cross side and shit. They used to pop me. I think Lance Storm was a lot better than people give him credit for, man. Yes, I just said it. Come on. Even back when he was in ECW, he was great. The impact plays? Come on. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> Rick's face, though. Both of you. I mean, come on, Rick. Come me some slack here. Hey, I, I enjoy both of them. I, it, again, <laughs> when you talk about Malenko, it's the Iceman. It's just the seriousness. That, that is the personality. It's sometimes right, like, right. with Brock Lesnar, you look at that charisma and people, oh, he can't talk. He can't talk. He doesn't need to that's talk. Bullshit. But that's right. <laughs> He's got a natural charisma about him, though. 
it's just something come about on man Bro- you get maliko man he would just it would say it would be better than cutting a 10 minute promo when he would just grip his wrist and and, and shift that tape to get ready oh, to go yeah <laughs> you bet don't fuck with stinko malenko <laughs> out there putting I mean, cruiserweights in their place that's what yeah. freaking stinko malenko was doing he's great for that no doubt about it but other than that come on so that's going to wrap things up for this week's show thanks for listening if you haven't already please hit that subscribe button and then visit the feed that you may not be listening to whether it be at mark media hitting the marks.com the blowoff.com michaeljargo.com hacker hameen of course over at hameenmediagroup.podbean.com and soon over at channel attitude you can keep up with me across social media platforms at not jargo although twitter that's the place to find me these days all other notifications they're shut off they're shut off on my phone that's why rick sends me messages and i don't see him for like 23 hours huckleberry why don't you put over your social media how the people can keep up with you everything you got going on with the pwa Hey, we've got one week to go. Well, this time next week, uh, I'll probably be in reflection mode over at the After Party Champions Grill, kicking back a few bourbons with the uh, with the man beast himself. As I'm sure we're going to be celebrating what has been an incredible event. But yeah, it is a week away. Next Saturday, the Professional Wrestling Alliance presents food trucks and wrestling. I think we got an incredible concept. I know we got a great lineup there. Uh, so if you happen to be in the uh, Cincinnati area at two hours or so, make the drive over. It's going to be a hell of a time. Again, it's the professional wrestling lines, food trucks and wrestling. Saturday, October 16th, food trucks get going at 2.30, bell time, 4 p.m. Again, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash professional wrestling lines, or just keep up with me, myself, the order the beat of the V across all social media at the real RBV. The real FTW world champion, the man on lockdown down under. He's the GAG from the PWC. Jimmy T, why don't you tell people how to keep up with you and the PWC? Well, first of all, I just want to say it was an absolute pleasure and an honor being on the final episode of Hitting the Marks with the both of you, man. I've had a blast and it was just, it was great to see not only you like it, a start of a chapter but now like a beginning of a of a new chapter to the end of one and man i'm looking forward to the future but if you want to find me you can find me at at pwc on social media you can find me at dj mass effects also on twitter and you can like and subscribe to well it's not hitting the marks anymore right so uh, we've got to change that what was it again jago you can, you can find it by searching, you know, hitting the marks still on podcast listening devices and soon the blow off on all podcast listening devices. Right. I'm going to get used to that one, man. But, but in saying that, man, like I said, it was a pleasure being on and thank you to both of you. Absolutely. And of course, Huckleberry, we've been through this before. One of us takes a step back and within four months, we're back doing shows together. I will see you over at Who Is? On the TMPT, the two-man power trip with our friend John Paz as we go over there weekly and we have ourselves a nice little conversation. Jimmy and I will talk to you right back here next week for an all-new edition of Hitting the Marks. Hell, it might even be live. Keeps posted to at night. Well, no, no, it, it won't be a new edition of Hitting the Marks. It'll be the first episode of The Blow-Off. Well, yeah, well, yeah. But, 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 yeah, yeah. He's right. He's right. He's right. That's it better right. not. It better not ever be, ever, ever again be the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast because right now 
I'm going to let you do it one more time to sign off, but I am pulling the plug, and this son of a bitch is dead. We're off like a prop dress. See ya! Crunch your fingers. Label me. Don't give up. You're bad guy! Fire!